You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is the RUV English podcast. Hello again, I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. And I'm back today in the company of someone who was on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago. Odney Sen joins me once again today and I'm back in her office here at the Icelandic Film School. And the last time we spoke, Odney, we talked about the lessons in film that you offer to people of of all ages a really interesting conversation but you alerted me to a new Icelandic film which is had its run extended at Bio Paradise because it's been so very popular so what is that film Yes that's uh, the film A Ferðmu Mömmu or Driving Mum by Hilmar Oddsson and it has had as i say great reviews without any spoilers why would you direct someone to it well um i must say first that uh, this is a film that i i see a lot of films and it's necessary for me in my line of work and to stay on sort of top on on things for my students mm. but it's not often that i experience a sort of film uh, have a film experience like the one i had when i saw the movie why um because the film is it shows a very dreary icelandic reality it <laughs> it happens in 1980 it's about uh, a man called Jón uh, played by Þröstur Leós masterfully played by Þröstur Leós and they live in such a quintessential central Icelandic sort of dreariness they they live in a sort of um, very isolated isolated place um she's obviously a very domineering woman and they sit and knit and listen to old weather forecasts <laughs> on cassette and this is no spoil because it happens yeah, yeah. in the first few minutes of the film and show sort of his so we are brought right into his Gosh. sort of reality mm-hmm. and um the film is in black and white and i believe um the choice of the director for that was to show because i think it mirrors the frame of mind of this man and i think it's also a symbolic sort of for his mm. personal journey because it's a road movie black and white um of course with the icelandic landscape so it's sort of difficult beautiful stunning at the same time because we get into his mind it and and he goes sort of on a road with his mother and uh, his dog Bresnev and Bresnev it's a it's a very sort of smart way yeah. to let us know that we are in 1980 yes. and also the dress how they dress and also sort of the old sort of Icelandic um shops on the sort of on the road that you don't have maybe today. Yeah. Well tell me about those changes then because I think maybe the 80s were the last point at which the old Iceland existed before tourists started to come. As you say this is a road movie and my memories of driving around route 1 even in the late 1990s much of it was still gravel it hadn't been surfaced properly. Yes and I think in the 19 uh, sort of 1970s late 70s 1980s you know um, just this Reykjavik was hardly yeah. had hardly begun and you know going down there as a teenager you know and and be with friends 
and you know it was it was very dreary and there was nothing happening and it was sort of you you only went down there and you you got drunk and you know partied with friends in the street and in the freezing cold yeah and there was nothing there was nothing it was one bar open and then can you can imagine you know in the in the countryside how isolated yeah. it was um people used to go to certain kind of balls called hlöðupöl which may mean barn balls and they basically sort of yeah. danced in the barn and somebody played the guitar or and and got drunk or so it he show uh, the director shows masterfully you yeah. know um this kind of reality and it brings us back to that reality but also he mixes it with um Fellini-esque uh, influences and that is what makes this film so special now the film continues with English subtitles we should yes. say at bio parodies for an extended run I had um, friends from the UK here in Iceland a couple of weeks ago and they were looking for recommendations and they were they were planners they like to plan their day they like to get as much in as possible yeah. but they had space for some cinema and on your recommendation I suggested this film to them so can I read you what Susie wrote I asked her for a couple of sentences after she'd seen the film Absolutely. so to tell me what you make of this she said of this film it was entertaining, as good movies should be, and watching it with locals meant we understood at least some of what we were missing. The main character was underplayed by British standards, and I wondered if that was all him, or is that typical of rural men in Iceland? My rural uncles, says Susie, were always gabbling away, always talking, more so than the town dwellers. I think uh, he is so understated and he is so withdrawn because uh, that's the way his life that his life has been he yeah. has he's spent his days sitting and knitting with his mother and they they listen to these old weather forecasts and she's a very domineering woman and as you sort of go deeper into this road trip you see how uh, and this reminds me of, of course, of Psycho, you know, by Hitchcock. Mm, it's mm. sort of a similar kind of theme, you know. Um, dutiful son with a domineering mother, and it's done really well by Hilmar Ratson to sort of put influences of other great films and, and art into the movie. But um, he involves in this, this is a coming-of-age movie as well as a road movie. This is a... Um, journey into his world and uh, we begin to understand why he is this way and that is because of something his mother did to him and we will come to realize how serious it was. Do you think Iceland is big enough for the road movie? It was always said the UK wasn't big enough, physically, geographically, not big enough for a road movie to succeed in the way that American road movies might succeed. But I remember there was a film from the Faroe Islands about 25 years ago called Bye Bye Bluebird, yes. I think, which, which was set on oh, yeah, an even smaller sort of physical reality. Does Iceland lend itself to road movies, do you think? I, I think it's a beautiful... I mean, the the landscape yeah. is so amazing, yeah. so it's a very beautiful sort of settings for a road movie, and, and I think it's really ideal. It, it reminded me also of another film that was made in sort of some time ago, The Children of Nature. It's not sort of uh, far away from that, even though two both movies are very different. Yeah. 
but both are really well made and um, they're both sort of uh, inner journeys and we see the the beautiful sort of uh, countryside as well so i yes absolutely And of course, it's sort of, um, I would say, it uh, has certain similarities to Jim Jarmusch, Stranger Than Paradise, which is also a road movie and black and white. But I think this one, uh, Driving Mum, mm. is a much deeper movie. Because just one scene in the movie um, is so deep, And so it sort of speaks to the audience in such a sort of deep way. Mm. Um, the main character meets a tourist uh, in the middle of nowhere and, um, and he is helping him with the car. Mm-hmm. And neither, no, of course, the Jón doesn't speak a word of any other language but Icelandic. And this one, uh, the tourist speaks French. Right. Both talk together in their respective <laughs> languages on very serious matters, very serious matters. But they it sort of comes across to the audience that they really understand each other. And it gives the sort of medium, it, the director sort of manages to give the medium um, an ulterior sort of uh, role that it can transcend language barriers. That's interesting. My friend Susie did mention precisely that point, and she was wondering if the audience was intended to understand what was being said. So the audience understands um, what he says. I don't remember because I I speak French, I understand French. But we understand that they're not supposed to understand each other, but yet they do. They do, and they get, they bond. They bond, and it's an amazing bonding Um, because of this, because yes. of uh, their sort of confiding to each other about some serious personal matters, sort of difficult matters, mm. and it is understood by both, and they bond as a reason. Do you think it is, from the director's point of view, autobiographical? Is he referencing his own memories of Iceland as it used to be? I don't know. Um I I haven't read anything from him about that. Maybe, possibly, Maybe. Yeah. because he's in that age group that should remember, you know, the the old sort of seven, late 70s and, and 80s. And I think everybody fr- from that age remembers it. Yeah. But what I find so special about the movie and what I find so intense is how he manages to interweave Um, this Icelandic dreary reality who becomes really sort of absurd and uh, surreal. It's by using influences from um, Federico Fellini. And that is not easy to do. It's very difficult to do. And he does it really amazingly well. So it's not, it's sort of, um, at this time uh, in Iceland, You had, even though it was very sort of isolated and dreary, you had the, um, I think it's called the Theatre of the Street, or mm. Street, 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 street Theatre, theater. Yeah. yes. Yeah, that yeah. was very yeah. much sort of in vogue in Iceland at the time. Mm-hmm. And he uses that to okay. create sort of this Fellinesque uh, effects, which are directly related to uh, the personal growth and um, and sort of story yes. that the 
main that Jon is sort of um, going through yeah. and uh, has something to do with his only true love. So, and, and so yeah. this is a, it, it's obviously a critical hit, but it seems to be a commercial hit too, which is why it's had its run extended at the cinema as well. And I guess that also means it's accessible. Yeah, that, that is, that is. And that is so, um, it's so uncommon to have a movie which is both, has both entertain, ten, sort of entertain value. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, not at all, you know, um, formula formula Hollywood, Hollywood or anything like that, but it's an artistic movie. Yeah, and I think it happened maybe once in cinema history that was with Amélie Poulain, Le Fabuleux Destin d'Amélie Poulain by Jean-Pierre Jeunet in in two thousand and one. It was a, a artistic and commercial mm. hit. And um, this uh, you think you think this film has pulled off the same kind of trick? Then I know it took a very very long time to make. Uh, Hilmar has said that in interviews, and he said it in the, at the speech he held when the when I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. I also know that Hilmar worked for a long time uh, as a teacher. He taught history of cinema, and that explains sort of his sort of knowledge and how important really it mm. is to know your cinema history. Because most sort of great um, uh, film directors have known, they know films, you know, like Bergman used to see all, and Hitchcock and, and all these sort of great masters used mm. to watch films all the time to, for, for, different reasons, of course, but I think a deep knowledge of cinema helps to, to create a, a really, really good film. As this one very much seems to be. So in English, the title is Driving Mom, or Mom in Icelandic. Originally, it's called... And you'll find that at Bio Paradis in the centre of Reykjavik for, as we say, an extended run. Certainly when you hear this podcast, if you're listening on Wednesday when it's published, it's uh, it's on for at least another week and probably longer as well. Yeah, I think so. Odney, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. We shall talk again. And the, the next time you, you spot the next big Icelandic hit, I'm sure we'll be sitting here having a conversation about it again. OK, thank you very much for having me. Great pleasure, Odney. Thank you very much. It's the Roof English Podcast, and I'm Darren Adam. You can find us on email, english at ruv.is. And, of course, you can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook as well. You are listening to the Roof English Podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.